We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. He turns. He fires for the win. He's got the bucket at the buzzer. Weather back to Bibby. Has the open shot. Ladies and gentlemen, up on those feet, put those hands together. And we'll meet tonight starting five for your Sacramento Kings. Welcome into the Kings Beat podcast a blue wire podcast brought to you by prize picks i am james ham joining me tonight fox 40 sean cunningham sean how are you i'm in the holiday festive spirit uh, i'm looking forward to thanksgiving tomorrow as we both record this and go live um it's our first live in a in a while it's so. been a while, man. It's uh, it's been really difficult to get all three of us together at the same time and on the same page. Um, it's just been one of those uh, stretches here where we're all working different jobs. Um, yeah. Let's what, see. What do you got for a podcast candle? We're going with Tree Farm again. I think I'm going to roll through with this for a little while. I don't know if you can see that. There it is. That is Tree really, farm. really warm, I might add. Ouch. Okay. Um, and a, a break from the norm. I actually have one tonight. There was one no. sitting. I was making hot tea. Oh, that's a very expensive looking camera candle, it's, as it's I would a, expect. Yeah, I hope it's not a gift that my wife was giving to somebody that I just <laughs> decided to use. Uh, well, frosted cranberry. I thought it sounded very oh, Thanksgiving. -y. That so, that smells like Christmas. I bet. Um, it probably smells. You know what? Uh, my wife makes her own. Uh, potpourri. She does a huh. cranberry, like fresh cranberries, uh, okay. a little bit of water, uh, sliced oranges, um, cinnamon sticks, and then she just puts it on the stovetop and it just sits there and simmers all day. Cool. So my cool. house smells good. It smells like it smells like uh, Christmas or festiveness. Um, we are doing a live show. Uh, hopefully we, uh, get more people in here, but to be honest, uh, we all know it's a holiday. We just wanted to get, uh, a, a show up and out the door. So people would have something to, uh, scream and yell about, uh, tomorrow morning for Thanksgiving and be all angry and 
start their football watching and, and with some uh, some of the Kings beat here. Um, let's get to the normal stuff. Uh, number one, if you're not a subscriber to the show uh, on YouTube, then you cannot comment in the live section. So all you got to do is subscribe, hit the subscribe button, and then you instantly can start making comments. Um, so that's one thing. Uh, hmm. Number two, uh, become a supporter of the King's Beat. Go to thekingsbeat.com, become a premium subscriber. So you get invited to things like the Off the Record with the King's Beat virtual happy hour. Um, we're going to do something tonight, too, that's a little different. Um, our friend, friend of the show, uh, the great Pete Youngman, Pete the Trainer. Um, what? He reached out and said, hey, um, I would like to gift a Kings fan a premium subscription to the Kings Beat. So oh, he went in and actually bought two extra. Uh, and uh, we're going to give one away today and then one away uh, in a future show. Um, but uh, we'll figure out a reason to give one away sometime during the show. And so people that are in here, uh, you are in it for a potential uh, King's Beat year-long subscription, which is like 75 bucks, which is really cool. That's, um, that's a legendary move by Pete the Trainer. It he is a legendary that. move. He He's flying into Sacramento. He'll be here for like 24 hours, and then he's got to go somewhere else. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he'll be back in town for when the the G League Ignite play the Stockton Kings, I think, next week. So maybe yeah. we'll all uh, we'll all connect and uh, have a I don't know have a a low calorie lunch because that seems like what he does. <laughs> That's exactly what he does. He's a healthy man. He's a very healthy man. Um, all right, Sean, we got lots to talk about tonight. Uh, again, um, if you're just tuning in, we're doing a live show that just uh, after the Kings and uh, New Orleans Pelicans just finished. The second of a weird two-game stretch here. Um, let's take on sort of what's happened here over the last couple of days because um, we haven't had a podcast since the Kings played Dallas on Friday. I mean, on on Sunday, uh, we haven't had a podcast since they got clubbed by the Pelicans on Monday, and then we have the game tonight. And so there's all three of these things kind of hovering. Uh, number one, let's start with the game that we saw against the Dallas Mavericks on Sunday. Sean, for me, it was one of those games where uh, it looked like a heavyweight battle. And then uh, the team that was the aggressor just kept being the aggressor. And the team that was on the second night of a back-to-back -back ran out of steam. Uh, was there anything different that you saw in that, that Kings-Mavericks um, game on Sunday that you would like to kind of point to? Um... Not particularly. I mean, look, I think before this, things were, uh, I think that's about as, you could argue about as good as the Kings had looked at times. I think there were maybe a moment or two you might scratch your head at, but um, yeah, I think you nailed it. I mean, the Mavericks, I mean, the Mavericks game is kind of what it was. I think a lot of people were probably watching the Niners game and flipping back and forth at various times. I was in San Francisco for the 40 or for Santa Clara for the Niners game. And then having to watch it back late at night, I found myself dozing off to be honest. Mm. So then I rewatched it the next morning, found a few things that I really, you know, liked. I mean, it was again, Demona Sabonis just kind of, 
rattling off another solid performance and some of the things that had happened. And, um, but you know, really I, it was, it was a solid, solid win. And then they can, they follow that up with that clunker in, in new Orleans, which I think tonight was obviously a much better effort and I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but, um, this is a stretch of three games and four nights. And I think when you look at it, you can, even if you're riding a, a win streak and, you know, feeling good and kind of rolling off some of the best basketball you've seen and a good closing effort and all these things, like it, it's interesting. It's just, it's fun to keep perspective a little bit and just notice that you can look at the schedule, circle a couple games throughout the course of the 82 game season and just go, that's, that's a schedule loss. And I thought that's, kind of what happened in new Orleans on uh, the next night on Monday. But as far as what happened in Sunday, I didn't think there was, I didn't analyze that game terribly much. I, I just felt like that was about what I expected from the Kings. And when things are really rolling, even if they are shorthanded um, things look pretty good. Yeah. I think the only thing that really stood out to me um, as a negative, like I thought it was a fun game. That was a, yeah. it was a good time to watch. And it was like a team that looks like it's ramping up and like, heading somewhere that's what i think when you got done with that game you're like man the kings went into a game against two incredible shot makers you sat there and watched them make shot after shot after shot and still the kings kept going and they just kept, and they they you know in the end they ran them over so I, I think the one thing that stood out was javel mcgee clearly has uh he's not um fully healed up over getting uh, getting bought out and waived or left out in the cold last year and then bought out and waived by the Mavericks. I thought that that was like a very interesting and strange moment with him getting a technical and kind of losing losing his way a little bit in the game. Um, and, you know, I, to be honest, I, I don't know how much JaVale is going to play uh, now that we, we see Trey Lyles get back in, in the fold. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. Uh, it's going to depend on how well he he's, does play. He was pretty good in that game. Overall, I think he was kind of a man on a mission in that one, right? I don't know. We had that moment where he started dribbling the ball down the court. <laughs> and I don't know about anyone else, but I think like everyone, everyone collectively in Sacramento was yelling, please pass the ball. Right. And, and then he did fine. and then he passed it, but he passed it right to Lucas' chest. Uh <laughs> yeah, it was like, oh boy. Like, what is happening? What is happening? So um, yeah, I mean, like when we get to the the Pelicans game the next day. I think it's interesting that, you know, the Kings came out and played horrible, like uh, flat out. I, 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 whatever it was, they look like the team that we saw get clubbed by the, by the Houston Rockets earlier in the season. And, you know, De'Aaron Fox fell in love with a three. I thought that was a huge issue. Uh, two of 12 from behind the arc and just kept shooting. He wouldn't go into the paint. Um, I thought that was weird. I thought Demo uh, Demonis Sabonis wasn't aggressive. Like we've seen, for almost every other night this season. Um, and, and they looked, you know, not very good at all. And then Sean, I think the biggest issue that we have is going into halftime. Uh, you know, it, it was, it wasn't a blowout. It was, you know, like a 14, 15 point game, sure. but then you come out of halftime and there's no Keegan Murray. Right. And I think, I think we're right now, we're quickly learning that Keegan Murray might mean uh, way more to this team than, than we thought. That when you're looking at, you know, the, oh, we can't, you can't live without, you know, it, what would happen if DeMontis Sabonis goes out for a long stretch? What would happen if De'Aaron Fox goes out for a long stretch? I think the Kings now have to really start thinking about what does it mean if Keegan Murray goes out? 
because he's become their best defender and his defense on Brandon Ingram during the first half, I thought was spectacular in that, in that first game against the Pelicans. And then without him on the court, there's nothing the Kings could do to stop Ingram in the second half. That is a Wednesday Thanksgiving overreaction. You think so? <laughs> yeah, I do. I, I, I mean, it's know. still third on the list. Let's just be honest. Um, well, no, he is. It, He's third. It's, and again, I, I, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, piss on that parade, but it's like Keegan has been nice. Yes. I, I think, um, I'm talking about defensively, offensively, you know what he is. Obviously he's going through some shooting struggles. It'll be interesting to find out if, mm-hmm. you know, maybe, maybe this sore, sore lower back might be related to maybe some of those, uh, shooting woes, uh, how long it's been going on, who knows, but, um, it'll have, don't have the ability to talk to him at the moment while they're on this trip. And, uh, but from everything I've heard, it's very, very, day to day, not the biggest thing in the world and likely could play if, you know, if we're talking playoffs or something like that, but the workload could be a little something I think with him right now, um, while he's kind of going through a few things, it might be best to maybe give him a, a, a day, uh, or two off and see how things respond. It doesn't look like anything's going to be super serious. And what I'm trying to, you know, keep things in perspective is, him having this moment where he's looking like a, a making great strides defensively. Yes. But I think more t- as time goes on over the next couple of weeks and so I think you might see a little bit different result uh, on that. I don't want anyone to just jump off. I mean, Hey, if I hope I'm wrong here, if he wants to be an all defensive player, uh, fantastic. If he's able to be that guy, that that'd be great. But I, I think it's, it's, a good idea to curb some of that enthusiasm a little bit as there's more game tape of him kind of going up against uh, some smaller players and, and kind of using his length. And I think that's a good thing, but I I wouldn't call him the team's best defender yet. You know, I think they'll get some scouting on that and uh, teams will be able to adjust a little bit, but certainly they could have used him tonight, uh, particularly on the defensive end, especially when you're going up against a team like the Pelicans in both of these games, because I felt James in that Monday game, even though it was a schedule loss, the thing I took from it is once again, you resort back to some pretty bad habits when it comes to dealing with length and physicality. And over the course of these two games and maybe the only other, I think I've only seen the Pelicans play two other games prior to this outside of just highlights, but that strikes me as a team that uh, I have a little bit more respect for than I did maybe going in. Uh, mm-hmm. to this to this two game baseball series as we like to call them that's a team that uh, if they can get their shit right I I don't know of many teams that would want to face a team like that in a seven game series and that's of course if they're healthy obviously but those bigs that they have they kind of take it to you I mean they're a physical team they're and, and we know how the Kings don't usually match up well against length and physicality and you've got guys like Valanchunas and, and Zion Williamson and Cody Zeller look really good in the first game um you know he was i didn't i didn't have that on my bingo card as somebody who i would be talking about in this podcast but all three of those guys were disruptors and you know there was some really positive signs with the way the kings played against teams like uh the thunder uh when they were at home and then you followed that up against with the cavaliers and i thought they responded very very well this one was a bit different and I, and it's on the heels of even the Laker game and the Mavericks game and we get it. But um, that one was one of the scheduled losses. I, I was really looking to see how they'd come out tonight and, and respond. I thought they responded much, much, much better. Obviously you still fall into a big hole, but 
having Trey Lyles back, you know, in portions of tonight's game looked really, uh, really encouraging. Yeah. Um, I, the Trey Lyles thing is, you know, we're going to get to that a little bit later in the, in the show. Um, I, I think, you know, when he got signed, it was a lot of people were like, Oh good. Trey Lyles is back, but you know, he's just kind of like a middle of the road rotational player. You know, I don't know if he's a game changer and then you watch him play and you're like, Hmm, you, you seem to forget how good he is in certain stretches. And so we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later though. Um, when it comes to, uh, the physicality and, uh, actually you said something else there that, that caught my ear. You said, uh, you know, that Keegan Murray's going through some things, right? Like on the court, he's clearly going through some things. I find it interesting that um, this time last year, he did the same exact thing. Mm -hmm. Identical. In the month of November, he was absolutely horrible. Now, he had a personal issue with uh, a grandmother who had had uh, some health problems. But in November in 13 games last year, he averaged eight points and 3.9 rebounds per game. He shot 33.9% from the field and 27% from three. And then December, he shot 46% from the field and 46.4 from three and averaged like almost 13 points and three and a half rebounds. Like the change in him from one month to the next was huge. And so I wonder if there isn't something about him coming in, acclimating, and then trying to get his feet under him and then kind of like going through some uh just trying to get settled you know maybe he yeah. is a, a guy who's going to be a slow starter throughout his career i mean there are guys that are like that throughout the league um, well and james but, too it's also too like almost a year ago to the date i think it was i was just looking up the 16th last year is when he had his lower back problem uh that had some lower backs so it was one game he missed was for lower back soreness and uh incidentally here he is almost a year later at the same time uh, well, that's with, random with similar soreness yeah he only missed the one game which was good i mean this one obviously is is two right now but you're doing so in in a three games and four nights kind of a deal so um you obviously have a an, another night or two to relax before going into minnesota but um just just interesting yeah yeah i think and, and you know the minnesota game is turning out to be a really big game like oh absolutely yeah i mean it, it's an in-season tournament game uh, if the Kings want to make it to the quarterfinals, they want to make it to the next round. Um, they need to pick up. I, do the top two teams go, or just the top team? Yeah, I, I, I believe it. I believe it's the the wild card would be with the point differential, right? Oh, got it, got it, got it. So yeah. it's going to be the uh, number one team is automatically thrown as quarterfinal, which the Indiana Pacers, congratulations, are the first quarterfinalists. And then I, I think you have to get in if you're not yeah, so, in so right now the, the kings are atop the group c tied with the mm -hmm. timberwolves but they own the differential right now so the, the next two games are going to be in season tournament games both with the with the timberwolves on friday and the next tuesday with the warriors when they get Draymond green back and that'll be here in sacramento on tnt and oh. uh yeah those, those if they're gonna if they're gonna be players in this thing this is this is where it is and they kind of control their own destiny yeah, uh, so hopefully Keegan Murray's available for those games because um, he is a guy that, like, whether he's hitting his shot or not, he's actually been pretty solid this year. Um, and, you know, the Kings, uh, they need everybody uh, everybody healthy, which seems to be weird. Like, right now they have 
a ton of like small injuries. It feels like the the injuries are just kind of stacking up. So uh, Chris Duarte um, was questionable with a hand injury. Um, you had Sasha Vazenkov miss a game with a thumb injury. You had uh, Kevin Herter's got a sprained index finger, which is an issue. Uh, so all of these things are like kind of telling you that like there's some there's a lot of bumps and bruises going on. Keon Ellis rolled his ankle, forgot about him. Alex Len is out for six to eight weeks with a with an ankle sprain. Um, so this is one of those things where you're getting hit with a little bit of adversity early in the season. You just came off a six game win streak. I think the last thing you want to do is back that up with a with a two or three or four game losing streak. Uh, their schedule gets a lot more difficult after these next two games too. And you don't want this thing to snowball a little bit. Um, but Sean, how do you think that they've dealt so far with the adversity of of missing players here and there? And it seems like they're all grouped up together in this like last week period. Yeah. Well, I think I think honestly it starts with Fox and they got they got through that period. And then in the midst of having more injuries, once they get him back, they rattle off six straight wins. And so um, such is life when you're a Kings fan and you, and you, you know, live with the the highs and lows. It's a roller coaster. And it's 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 funny how, especially with this team, how they can look so great within that six game stretch and then follow it up with a clunker. And, you know, like tonight didn't I'd say the second game with the Pelicans didn't bother me. I mean, neither one of these games really bothered me that much. Um, but you know, I, I, there's a lot of encouraging signs that they can take from it. Winning on the road is very, very difficult. Um, we've talked about that. Obviously these baseball series are a little, a little weird for, for road teams at times. Um, I think, I, you know, I think tonight is a more, a little bit more indicative of, of what the Kings should look like on a night in night out basis, but, uh, you're going to go through these stretches. I think the, the, one of the things I, I would take away most is, seeing this this in a 10 game stretch of games is you know they they kind of live live and die by the three and i think i've seen some of the comments here already in the in the chat on youtube but finding them finding ways to to dig themselves out of holes obviously the the, the three-point shoot the the three-point shot's going to be there for them more, more times than not but i don't like to see the live and die by the three so much i mean it seems like they can kind of take what's what's allowed to them but that's part of what the pelicans were doing pelicans were daring them to take shots in both of these games there's yeah, especially very, on monday yeah yeah and, and obviously especially if you're on the second night of a back-to-back that's not a bad that's not a bad uh philosophy or strategy to to go against sacramento but um i i sometimes wish that in really critiquing the team in my own personal um you know biases i'd like to see them kind of look for more opportunities uh when the three isn't falling and and maybe do a little something different but credit to them i guess they they know who they are and they're going to stick with it yeah um i I did not uh like in all honesty watching De'Aaron fox just step back and and shoot the three ball again and again he also it, it feels like he was so good against uh dallas and, you know, he got up to like 41.7% from three in that game, I, I believe, after that game. Um, but it looks like all of a sudden he's doing something different with his feet. And like mechanically, he's mm-hmm. doing something slightly different. And it's like, whoa, that's weird. He's staggering his feet. It's something that I've seen him do in the past. But like, I think he's made some sort of weird adjustment that maybe he doesn't even know he made. And uh, it's 
like he's just not the as accurate. And when he's having those issues, like I don't want to see him can like two for two for twelve is a lot. Like I I'm okay with De'Aaron Fox shooting eight point six threes a game, but what I don't think anyone want to see it, any of us want to see is for him to shoot um, twelve threes when he's only hitting two. Like you, you got to pull back at some point, and um, and, and you also for him, he needs to get to the key. I mean, he needs to create right. for others. He needs to, that's how the Kings offense is predicated is, you know, and I, and I get it. It looked like, uh, that new Orleans was just like camping in the lane and blocking everything off. So Sabonis couldn't do his, his typical stuff, uh, especially in the first game. Um, but, uh, both of those guys, they need to like almost have mental resets and say, okay, like, how are we going to figure this out? Because what we're doing right now isn't working. And James, was so, it was it identical? His three point shot, two of twelve each night, both Wednesday and Monday against the Pelicans. No, no, no. Did Wednesday I have that was, right? Uh, no, Wednesday was. No. Uh, he two was of much. Seven. Yeah, two, two of seven. Nine. Yeah, and it, seven. I, one of them was late, and, and even like we. I mean, I don't want to dive into the game all all that much because you know it was. A, I think it was a good hard fought loss. Um, that had a bunch of weirdness to it. But even the last couple of seconds of the game, were just like, what are you doing? Like you're down five and you got 16 seconds and you took 12 seconds to get shot up. Like a very, very strange what was happening. Um, but, uh, but there's something about Fox, like falling in love with the three. It's something that, you know, they really, they can't have if he's hitting, that's fine, but they still need the guy who's, busting down you know getting into the key and and even hitting the the floater uh we haven't seen a lot of mid-range from him early in the season which i think is strange because he lived in the mid-range last year uh but the three is falling so and it was falling before this game so uh maybe he just has a lot of confidence confidence in it right now and uh that's kind of where he's going I think that's also a credit attribute a tri- like credit New Orleans. I mean, they took that away from him a lot. You know, they were oh yeah daring him to shoot. You know, they wanted him to shoot threes and take away the mid range. And you know, when you've got some bodies the way they do, he doesn't want to be any part of anywhere near some of those guys. No, that's true. Well, like I, you know, uh, we talked about it uh, on the show today with me and Kyle, uh, and, and on on Tuesday we talked about it. Like somebody's got to step in and take a charge against against Zion you can't let a guy Lyles tried to (laughs) yeah well and Davion did too but you can't just sit there and let a guy do left-handed layup after left-handed layup for like 20 minutes straight like by the way he looks really good he does look really good I mean good for him I I hope that this is something that he can he can piece together I mean the game is better when you know young star level players are healthy and you know you actually get to see them play um you know it a lot of Kings fans out there I want to, you know, like they would rather not see him. Um, But as far as the league goes as a whole, like this is a guy who's, who's got a lot of talent. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Uh, Sean, before we get too deep into this thing, uh, I just want to do our spiel about prize picks. Um, I make my picks every single game, and yeah, I'm do. really bad at it still. Uh, it doesn't matter what I do. It, it, like, it doesn't work out. Um, I thought I was, I, like, I was playing a pretty safe uh, I, I went to uh, the Harrison Barnes uh, card this uh, the last two games, and Harrison Barnes actually played really well, and you could see him building a little bit, and we'll get to that later. Um, but uh, it's I, I I was right there, I I but I was wrong on so many other things, which seems to be what I'm uh, doing just about every single game when I'm playing Prize Picks. Uh, but the one cool but thing you're about fun. I am having a good time. It's adding to the uh, the evening. I love when people send me their prize picks. I think it's really cool. Uh, and then, like even for tomorrow, I know that prize picks had what I what I kind of dig is that you can do a football and basketball uh, like mix and match. Uh, so um, for Monday's game, I think I chose uh, they had Christian McCaffrey on Thanksgiving, uh, but it was like a ninety nine percent off. So I was able to get all, all he has to do is uh, either. Uh, rush or receive for one yard and and i get a win on that but then you just pair that with other things so i think it's kind of cool to be able to pair uh basketball football uh during baseball season you can do that as well um there might be hockey on there but i don't ever watch hockey and i wouldn't have any idea i just know that the sharks keep giving up too many goals um you might be really good at the hockey prize picks oh really (laughs) i don't know going Yeah, because I'm not good at what I'm doing right now. Yeah, well, I've been sick uh, since like Thursday, Um, Mm. so I've had a cold. Uh, Luckily, I'm I'm getting through it and should be fine for Thanksgiving tomorrow. Yeah, so anyway, uh, if you're interested in price picks, uh, there's a link down below in in the podcast uh, description. Go down there. uh, Go to price picks. It's actually linked specifically for the King's Beat. Um, I don't know if you're a first time user, I'm sure you get some sort of bonus for signing up under that link and, uh, you know, have fun, uh, play responsibly. Uh, but you know, again, I think it's, it's a cool way to add to your viewing, uh, enjoyment. Um, and Sean, I was bringing something up there, uh, like during the middle of that, it's that Harrison Barnes all of a sudden is looking a little bit more and more like Harrison Barnes each and every night. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, I think one of the things, um, that I'll continue to point out is that, you know, Harrison Barnes is like the fifth option on this team and with the starting group, 
And, you know, even I'd even say, Sean, it's possible he might even be more like the sixth option because when you go to the bench with Malik Monk, Malik Monk steps in and is instantly an option well before he is as well. Um, But he, it seems like he's starting to figure out how to live within that. And it doesn't hurt that guys like Kevin Herter have gone out for a game. Keegan Murray goes out for a game and he's getting a little bit more of like the DHO action at the top of the, the top of the key. Um, and I think he's played really well within the two man game with Domas and he looks a lot like himself. It's just that the Kings don't really need him to be a number, a number three or a number four option right now, because you got Kevin Herter playing well and you're trying to bring King and Murray along. Uh, it, am I crazy in thinking that, that this might just be like the natural progression of, uh, of Harrison Barnes's career as a Sacramento King, that he's just slowly sliding down the pecking order and it doesn't mean that he's not a good ball player. It just means that his opportunity might not be there as much as it was before. Yeah, I mean, the unfortunate part about Harrison Barnes is he's <clears throat> he's he's judged a lot by fans and media by his scoring, whether he scores or he doesn't score. And that's that's just it's unfair because that's not really the position he's put in for this team. Uh, it's fun to see every game, and this dates back for a few seasons now. But every game, they try to get him early touches and early shots at the ball, or at the at the you know early shots um, in that opening quarter in that first that first few minutes of action, um, and that's always by design. But his role is different than being a scorer. But tonight, when you were down somebody like Keegan Murray, um, he, they need him to to contribute more than that and and he did you know he goes off of 22 i think a more indicative performance of uh, or a more desirable performance of harrison barnes now if they're fully healthy is kind of like what you saw in a stat line from the blowout on monday where he's big on the boards he's got six assists um the spacing obviously is is still there um defensively you know he he, he either sometimes has it or he doesn't um, at the end of the at the end of seasons, sometimes the, the stats aren't too kind to him. But again, it's it's what he provides with the length, the spacing, um, and if he can impact the game in, in different ways, that's usually where he's at at this point. But when you're down, someone like Keegan Murray, Kevin Herter, at times, De'Aaron Fox, obviously early in this season, that's when you want to see Harrison Barnes get that moment and recognize the moment that yes, I need to contribute now and score. Um, and so. I'm with you. I think this is just, you know, you talked about natural progression. There's a lot of really good teams that have a a fifth, a, their fifth starter. And, and that person doesn't sometimes play 20 minutes a game. Sometimes that person doesn't uh, contribute all that much in the box score when it comes to scoring, but they're integral for what they want to do uh, for the success of the team. And I think that's kind of where Harrison's at right now. I've always looked at Harrison and Keegan and looking at Keegan and whether or not he's playing the three or the four, it's he's now the succession. Like he will be, um, he will be able to take over Harrison's role at some point. And he probably, you know, he probably is already at that point. I think there might be some people within the walls that might think he's not quite there yet to where you can, what you can have, you know, that expectation of being that guy every single night. And that's why Harrison is still a necessary evil for the critics of, of Harrison Barnes. But um, yeah, I think I think he's going to be in a moment where there is a little bit of figuring out. I think again, not having De'Aaron Fox, De'Aaron Fox usually finds Harrison Barnes a lot more. So when you didn't have those games with Fox, um, 
Harrison wasn't as impactful. I think now that Fox is back on the floor, him and Harrison will have that kind of um, familiarity and you'll see a, a better version of Barnes, but um, he was great tonight. I think he was decent. Uh, he was, certainly wasn't the worst player on the floor on Monday. And uh, I think he's trending the right way. Uh, I think he he's just an easy, easy, easy target. When you look at the box score at the end of the night and you don't see a lot of shots from him, you don't see the scoring and people try to pick that apart. Not everyone can score 20. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I, I think we're at a point right now too, where people are ignoring the fact that he's been really good defensively, or at least he's been, even Steven defensively. So he's not a stopper. I'm not saying that, but like on the season, he's a negative 0.7. So uh, defensive, you know, teams are shooting, players are shooting 47.7% uh, from the field against him uh, versus 48.4% normally. Uh, 3% uh, three pointers, he's given up a little bit, but two pointers, he's, he's a negative 3.7% on the season. He's actually been really strong. And, you know, that's with him even having to go up and kind of be a sacrificial lamb against some of these big time scores. Uh, there is not a, a world in which, you know, Harrison Barnes should be defending um, Zion Williamson for like a huge percentage of a game. There's just not. But that's the way it goes. There's also not a world where he should be defending Victor Wimanyama for a huge percentage of a basketball game. But that's what you need him to do. And so I think, you know, there have been a couple of games where uh, especially kind of circle the uh, Jeremy Grant game where Harrison Barnes just got, it just got lit up, but it's not like he was playing bad defense. Jeremy Grant just got hot. And if you look at his numbers still, even counting that game, and even though we're only 14 games into the season, like he still held his own quite a bit. Uh, so I, I would say like, look, this is a 30 minute per game guy. He is, uh, I don't think he's like de on the decline as far as physically, but I, I think he is on the decline as far as what his role is with the team. And I, I think at the end of the day, Harrison Barnes would acknowledge that. And it's probably not a bad thing because it allows him to, you know, maybe play the game a few more years than if he was having to be a, a third or fourth option on this team. Um, and I also point out like his usage on the season, like he's not getting the ball at all. So, uh, right. you know, like that is just it's not happening. So his advanced numbers, his usage is down to 14.3, which is by far the lowest of his entire career, including, you know, the first four years of his career where he was a member of the Golden State Warriors and, you know, with a whole bunch of Hall of Famers. Um, so I, I think it's just the way that it's going with him. Um, but like, look, I, I'm OK what he's doing right now on the court. Uh, I, I think you don't have to worry about that position. He can give you 30 minutes. He can give you 35 minutes if you need it. And you don't really notice the negative. Uh, he just kind of like keeps it. He's a league average player and it's hard to find a league, a league average player that can play 30 plus minutes a night. Like, like he's doing even like, if you want to compare him like a Robert Covington or um, like what you were saying, like earlier, there's a bunch of players who play, you know, like think of Matisse Thibel just as a specialty right. player. Um, starting for for Philadelphia or PJ Tucker. You know, there are a lot of guys like this in the league who who give you absolutely nothing on the offensive end and that's just not what Harrison Barnes is. Uh but he is transitioning to a different type of role with the team. 
And the uh, fact that he's capable, James, I mean, you just look at tonight, you know, <clears throat> it's a meaningful basketball game, not to say that, you know, it not what I mean by that is it's not a, you know, 40 point blowout, 30 point blowout like Monday was. And he's having to play a specific role with Keegan out and it changes a little bit. They're going to be looking for him and needing more of his offensive games. This is, this is when he is able to do that. Now, if you have a collective, your whole collective group there and you're expecting, you know, you've got Keegan more, who's more of a shooter. And obviously Mike Brown is telling him to launch it it, pretty much every time he touches the ball uh, that limits the touches that you're going to get, but he's still respected enough by other teams where you're not just leaving Harrison Barnes in the corner or on the perimeter. Uh, And he's still really good at getting to the free throw line even still. So um, like I said, he can be an easy target, but at the same time, it's like he serves a very specific purpose. And all you have to do is listen to Mike Brown when he's talking to about my, about Harrison Barnes. I mean, he's a, key ingredient to their success there's a reason this team wanted him back um and you know i guess there's yeah. always someone right well and i'd also tell you if you ask the players uh right. everyone everyone wants him back like everyone wanted him back and, and like they're happy that he is back um let's get to uh let's get to trey lyles um for me like we've been waiting and waiting and waiting all season long for Trey Lyles to, to be able to step back on the floor. It's kind of been a weird thing where, uh, you know, he, he strained a calf muscle right at the end of training camp, right before a preseason game, like he was playing and then he wasn't. And next thing you know, like this thing kind of snowballed and we've watched him get back on the court maybe like three weeks ago. Um, and I, and I was surprised it still took this long, although, you know, that's uh, kudos to the Kings medical staff because um, there's nothing you can do about someone getting a jam finger or a, uh, a sore thumb, which is what we've we've been seeing over the last week with a bunch of these players. There's really not even anything you can do about a guy like Keon Ellis, like stepping on a guy's foot and rolling his ankle really bad or or uh, Alex Len having a moment where he rolls up on uh, gets rolled up by Karis Levert. Um, but with Trey Lyles, this is a different type of situation where the calf muscle is so incredibly crucial to an NBA player. And I think they do, they did right by him every step of the way here. Um, the fact that he had to sit for like an, a month that happens sometimes. Right. And, uh, I, I also think that when you watched him play, he looked rough in the first quarter uh, the first, uh, his first go around, but when he settled into the game, you instantly remember just how good Trey Lyles was for this team last year. And, and, and again, Harrison Barnes finished with 22 points in the loss on, on Wednesday night. But I remember Trey Lyles way more than I remember Harrison Barnes. Does that make sense? And, and it's well, typically it, like... Is Malik that because Monk, you hadn't Malik seen him Phillip. in a while? Is that because you hadn't seen him in a while? No, it's because he had 10 points in the first like three minutes of the fourth quarter. Right. It was like, boom, boom, boom. And that's when you start to realize like how much he can mean to this team. Um, Sean, just what do you think his long-term, like what is this going to mean for Mike Brown getting Trey Lyles back in the fold? Because I think it's pretty substantial. Well, it's, it's purely dependent upon what Trey Lyles are getting. I mean, tonight I think uh, it was good, especially I, I love, I actually kind of like the fact um, that he, Mike Brown got a Trey Lyles uh, player back that he didn't have to like, all right, let's ease him out there. See how it goes. Like, no, there was, there was no training wheels. It was go for it. Play like, play like you're uh, in 
March right now and see if you can replicate what you were last season. Um, I like to remind people a lot that Trey Lyles really went through some times last year. You know, you had good and bad, uh, and it didn't start off very good at all. He was really kind of in the doghouse. And so um, it's, it's good to have that perspective and keep that in mind as a season unfolds, because a lot can, a lot can change. And uh, right now, I think, you know, tonight was a really good starting point for him. I like the fact that, um, that, that he was out there looking to take charges and try to be, um, try to be a physical presence against a physical team, because that's one of the things, you know, we talk about it a lot. That's one of the things that this team can struggle with and really needs, um, somebody like him to be a presence out there, not just again, from a scoring or a shooting standpoint, but when he's out there and he's able to provide that presence and still also, you know, keep the pace running. And I thought he was moving well. Um, yeah. I mean, what he finished tonight, four of eight, three of seven from beyond the arc, eight rebounds, all doing all that in 28 minutes of action. Um, I thought it was a very, very encouraging sign. I was going to like, did it shock you that he played 28 minutes? Uh, a, a little bit, but that's only because James, I didn't think that uh, when they got him back, particularly with a calf, I mean, it's different than a foot. Um or even a lower back or obviously all these finger finger and uh, ankle injuries. Um, yeah. I, I thought that might be an injury, especially for him, you know, who's a bigger guy. I, I thought that might be something where they slowly ease him in and, and they, and they didn't do that. They, and I, I think that's maybe why he, you didn't see him maybe as early as, you know, last week or even over the weekend um, getting him to where he can come in and, and contribute right away, go five on five the night before stuff like that. Um, I think is, is, is good. So yeah, it surprised me a little bit, but um, you know, the production actually surprised me even more over the course of that 28 minutes. Yeah, I I totally agree. And here's what I like about what Trey Lyles, like from here on out. I mean, I think Sean, you and I both, when they signed JaVale McGee, we're like, okay, you know, that's your, your third center, your fourth center. Like it didn't really matter all that much, but all of a sudden JaVale McGee has been forced into action probably more than what you and I expected, but also more than maybe what Mike Brown expected because of the Trey Lyle situ- uh, situation. So I-, I like what the Kings are packed with multi-positional players, right? You can go down the list and and I can only circle like three guys who aren't truly multi-positional players. And that's JaVale McGee, Alex Lynn, and Davion Mitchell. And the fact that you're getting a guy who can play the four and the five, uh, can even defend a little bit at the three here and there, not all the time, but like if he's caught on a switch, you don't think, oh no, it's all over, right? This is a big deal because we've been kind of waiting for the Kings to be able to crank their offense up all the way, and they've been missing a small ball five. And I think that this team with Trey Lyles, with, you know, again, you can have him play with Sasha, you can have him play with Keegan, you can have him play with Harrison Barnes, um, you can, or you can put him at the four. Like tonight, we saw him play a bunch alongside Demonis Sabonis. I think this is just a weapon that the Kings needed really badly. And, uh, and what that means for JaVale McGee, I have no idea. Like, I, I'm not putting anything past Mike Brown. Mike Brown is, he's going to do whatever he thinks best for the team. And to be honest with you, his win percentage is a whole hell of a lot better than my win percentage <laughs> as an NBA head coach. So I'm going to like, let him do what he's going to do because I think he knows what he's doing. But that doesn't change the fact that this, this can really be a dynamic that 
that changes things. Like having a guy that you can put on the floor that can shoot the ball, that can pass the ball, that can rebound, um, that can score in the post. Like Trey Lyles brings a lot to the table and his versatility as a player to me really changes a lot of things. So I'm excited to see what this looks like in like a week or two weeks when, when he's a hundred percent and you're kind of flowing. And you know, if you have a tall guy you're going up against and you need a JaVale McGee, that's fine. But a lot of nights, I think I would rather have, if, if someone's going to lose their minutes, um, you know, the Sasha Vizenkov, uh, JaVale McGee tandem might be the first place that I start taking minutes from, especially if Chris Duarte is going to start improving. Right. So, um, yeah. because you can't play all these guys that you just, no, can't. you can't. And, and, and it's going to be, you know, it's going to be musical chairs. Um, you know, Davion gets a lot of heat on social media and including in this, <laughs> including in this chat and YouTube at the moment. Um, but things, like I said, things change very, very quickly. Um, Davion is experiencing what Trey Lyles experienced last year at this time, uh, right mm-hmm. around this time of season. So, um, you know, you might be talking about Davion Mitchell later this season, like we are talking about Trey Lyles and we might see Trey Lyles go the other way. And uh, that's why you've got this depth. Um, and I think ultimately, you know, James, something like a team like tonight in the Pelicans, this is a night where on both of those occasions, you would have used JaVale McGee. Um, Dallas, maybe probably not, but I, obviously there were uh, circumstances there. Um, and, and of course you're still down Alex Len and Trey Lyles at that point, but given your full complement of players, would you have seen JaVale McGee if that was, you know, the Mavericks and there wasn't the history of the, of, you know, giving him an opportunity to kind of stick it to his former team a little bit, you know, probably not like that would have been a game where probably JaVale might not see action unless it's a, a blowout situation late. Um, or even maybe just, three minutes at, at different points of the half. But uh, I think as long as Trey Lyles fills that role well, like he did to close last season, things ought to be, things ought to be good. And the Kings believe that because by virtue of them giving him a contract. So um, two year eight, uh, $16 million deal. Yeah. Right. So there is a belief in him, but they're, in my opinion, I think they are situated well that if Trey Lyles isn't playing well, well then they can go to, to other um to other places and they can tinker a little bit but that to me is a lot more scary than you know having a reliable Trey Lyles and, I, and again when it comes to JaVale McGee he's just a guy that and I've said it since he got here like like I don't envision him being an everyday player a rotational player I think it's going to be circumstantial and, and situational depending upon who you're going up against night in night out Sasha's different to me though Sasha's the one to me where you know, if Trey Lyles is playing well, I still feel there is a fit for Sasha. Um, but that, that that Mike Brown has talked about it over the past couple of weeks at nauseum, where it's like his his job is going to be very difficult in trying to find time for so many of these guys. I mean, obviously, you know, Fox, Sabonis, Monk. I mean, that's that's basically where your bulk minutes are going to come from for the most part, and then everything outside of that is where things get fun for him. Yeah, it's it's not going to be easy. It's not, especially again if if Chris Duarte is going to bring the energy, if he's going to hit his his three point shots. Man, he's really good when his feet are set. Yeah. Like if if he just takes a breath and and is a catch and shoot three point shooter, he's really really good. He's got a clean shot. So I, I've been hard on him because of the fouls, but I also think that we got to see Trey. I mean, we got to see uh, Chris Duarte go out there and and play a bunch of minutes 
and kind of get his his sea legs. Like like the it was a good thing for him to play in a game where Kevin Herter wasn't there, uh, which is what Sunday, right? Um, I thought, you know, letting him like ease his way into a game, hit a couple of shots, build some confidence, and then not feel like he's got to come in and make an instant impact. Uh, he he just calmed down. And I think uh, in the Dallas game, he played 33 minutes. I think he had three fouls in 33, 34 minutes. That's what you're looking for. Like when he does need to step up and, and do that, it's kind of big. So that's where I think, you know, some of these other guys, like it might be difficult. Like I, right. I do like what Sasha brings to the table when he's hitting his shots. Um, you know, he's fun. There's fun moments with him. He's smart. Um, he even had a block on Brandon Ingram tonight. He had a huge block the other night. I like, I can't remember which game it was. Oh, it had to be, uh, it had to be the Dallas game, but he got a block that you're like, where did that come from? So yeah, he, he does little things that, uh, just tells you he's a smart player. Well, um, and Duarte he, too, kind of, I mean, kind of have to give him some flowers too, a little bit. I want to, I mean, I'm not, you know me, I'm not the biggest plus minus guy and, and they lost tonight, but a plus 22 in a starting role, um, he he was he was bringing it man he was physical um running the floor well uh he kept the you know the fouling thing is always i feel going to be there he obviously with five fouls in this game but um you know the, the, he's showing a lot of a lot of positive signs and i think this comes at the right time where obviously davion is back in the lineup only because of, of absences at the moment but if you're mike brown and you go back to you know davion getting out of the rotation um that's how fragile things are, you know, because things can change quickly when you've got Keon Ellis, when he's in the ball, when he's in the rotation, they haven't lost. Like mm. they're still on that win streak. He hurts his ankle. They lose, or he, excuse me, he, he hurts the ankle. They, he doesn't play the past two games, injures it in the Mavericks game. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So they still, um... they still haven't lost when he's played, you know, in the in that high rotation game. So, if you're Mike Brown, you have to reward that. And that's, that's when you're kind of, you know, the old saying from Bull Durham, you don't F with a winning, with a, with a winning streak and you're, you continue to roll. You continue to play, continue to play. This now creates an opportunity for Davion. What happens when Keon Ellis comes back? How many games does he miss? We'll see. We'll see what that looks like. This episode is brought to you by Shopify, whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However, you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I have a tough time seeing Mike Brown just doing knee jerk reaction things. And if Davion settles in and starts playing well, right. like I think he's going to get an opportunity to, to hold on to the job. For and sure. then if he's not, and you need to come back to Keon and you need that energy. I mean, we can't act like the Keon is just playing so incredibly that you got to have him out there. 
um, you're right. They went on a win streak and, and that that's great. But the fact is like, he's not averaging anything, you know, as a starter, he's, you know, in the minutes he's getting, he's just not hitting his shots at a high clip. He's not making a huge impact. Um, but I do think he's, he's impactful in the energy that he brings and, and the effort and the defensive prowess that he has. Um, so like, I, I don't want to take anything away from. Yeah. And, and part of the, part of it too, the message to him is stop dribbling the air out of the basketball. Like you, you've got to move that ball. Uh, you got it. You got pick up the pace and you got to sling it. And I think he's done better of that from what I've seen when he has his small minutes, he only played 10 tonight, but um, the dribbling, dribbling the hell out of the basketball is, is, is going to bite him really. And that's one of the things they're on him about. Oh, did we lose James? Look at that, ladies and gentlemen. I think we might have lost James. What do they call that? Frozen ham? Frozen ham right before Thanksgiving. I'm going to be here for a while. Let's try and answer any questions, although I don't see any questions, but let's see what you have any in this chat. Got a lot of stuff here. Mark Wong wants to start Trey at the four. Keegan can play the three and let Barnes bully ball the bench players. I don't think... Harrison Barnes really bully balls anybody. You disagree, Mark? Let me know. Uh, Cause I don't Oh, This is fun. I've got different windows here. I better slide over here. Cause I am not James Ham, and that is bad karma. If I do. So uh, James will be back in a minute. Brendan, by the way, left us, left us tonight. <laughs> Must be traveling for holidays. James is back. Oh, no, he's back. Let's not talk about him anymore. I'm just kidding. sorry. Uh, my face got really big on this screen. Meg knows what I'm talking about. I had both, <laughs> uh, both pictures here and I slid far left so I could get out of your box. Cause that's your box. Oh, you're like right in the middle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry about that. We I didn't, did we talk phone. about where Brennan was by the way? Cause I was talking to, uh, the people here and wasn't sure if we talked about where Brennan was. I think he's traveling for the holidays. Possibly. We think he's traveling. We haven't heard from Brennan. So Brennan's MIA. Uh, it's okay. We gotta put up the like, bat signal. Yeah, we do. We have to put up the uh, the bat signal and hope that uh, Brennan finds us. Um, yeah, <laughs> every once in a while, uh, you got gotta miss a pod. It happens. Um, and yeah, while we're at that, hey, if you're sitting here, um, we would love it if you hit the thumbs up. Uh, that helps the algorithm of life. Uh, but How also, uh, uh, I have no idea because if I do 41. that, then oh, that's not enough. Come on, people. Um, you know what? A, we haven't a, been very likable yet. Not not too likable yet. I think people are just waiting for to get their likes. They're just waiting for us to do something okay. they like. <laughs> it was it's the all crowd tonight, so uh, that's okay. I mean, it's we got a holiday tomorrow. We we needed to get a pod in. We so we we definitely wanted to make sure that we uh, invited everybody everybody in to to hang out with us. Um, what's the uh, what's the spread looking like things. tomorrow? Um, Oh, oh did you so again? yeah, we've talked about this in the past. Uh oh, James is losing. We're losing James. We're losing James. We're losing me again. <laughs> we me yeah, Mike you're very pixelated on, on internet. Oh yeah, people like must be streaming now. the hell out of stuff bizarre. up there. Well, I'm on my phone. It's okay. Oh, that's it's not great. I apologize, everybody, for for bad Wi-Fi. Um, yeah, so uh, like my wife and I both are from divorced parents, so we, um, we have to like manage holidays like Thanksgiving. 
So in the morning, we go to my mom's house and hang out with my family, which is I have a big family. Um, and then we eat around two o'clock and then we Why? go to my in-laws house and we eat again. So, and my dad goes to that, my dad goes to that thing. Um, so, so anyway, yeah, I, I, so I have to eat a lot on Thanksgiving. It's sort of like a whole day thing. I don't cook at all for Thanksgiving. I, I will make a charcuterie board, um, which will That's be fun. beautiful and amazing. Uh, but, uh, I do not, I don't cook, um, on Thanksgiving. I do cook for Christmas. We won't travel for Christmas. I um, hope you clean up. I hope you help clean up if you're not cooking and, and, you know, helping out in the kitchen. No. So at my mom's house, I leave before that happens. And then at my mother-in-law's house, um, there's football to be watched. So like, I, there's nothing I can do about it, Sean. I so I, I would like to I tell I've you, never... I have children. They can, they can I... help clean up. I've told you before, I've never understood. And again, you've outlined a scenario where it makes sense because you're doing two dinners. So good for you, I guess. But these people who do the early like dinner time for Thanksgiving meals at like two o'clock or three o'clock, like what are we doing? It's not dinner time yet. I don't understand. Well, I think that. like Eat my mom's six. house, they, they do it because me and my wife are, we got to go. Like right. that's like been a known thing. So yeah, when we had our boys, we told everybody, Hey, we're not traveling. That's just, that's the rules where we don't travel for, for Christmas, for Thanksgiving, we'll travel for Easter, all that stuff. We travel, but for, uh, for Christmas, we won't. So anyway, um, Turkey talk, <laughs> Turkey talk. Where are you going, Sean? Got a lot of family. I'll be in the Elk Grove area. That'll be fun. And, uh, I have a sneaking suspicion, although I haven't tried, I haven't checked in. I don't think for again for whatever reason my stupid family likes to do uh, to appease one person. I don't think they're making a turkey, and that just pisses me off. Why don't you just make your own turkey and bring it and like? Well, just... I I I could, but um, that would I don't know. I, first of all, have you ever made a turkey? It's really gross. Um, yes, I've I, made a I should just go get a catered one. But uh, I if if someone could prepare it, I'll take it the rest of the way. Okay. Yeah, I, I told you, like, I time. make prime rib for Christmas, and it's just incredible, and it's so simple. There you go. Yeah. Look at um, that. Look at that. Nap at two, or eat at two, nap from three to five, eat again at six. These people have it figured out. I don't see. See? I don't see. That's, they, that's, kind, of, that. that's kind of what I do. Yeah. All right. Um, yes. Uh, so, first of all, Brad, uh, in the chat, I do have a giant cup. Um, I do have a giant wow. cup. Okay. It's huge. It's like a double size cup, but I figured like we're going to podcast. So, um, I needed to have plenty of hot tea because my throat is trashed from being sick all week, uh, from having like a, a cold, nothing, nothing major. Um, uh, let's get to some questions from the chat. Uh, let's see, Victor, uh, if the Kings were to make a trade for either Trey Murphy, Herb Jones or Najee Marshall, instead of a big name, would you guys like that move? Um, more would that would, would you like, like that, that more? more? Um, uh, I guess it depends on what the big move would have been, but yeah, certainly some of those guys could fit a role on this team for sure. Yeah, um, I, I like all of those guys, uh, especially Herb Jones. I think Herb Jones is is super fun, but talk about an inconsistent score. So he torched the Kings for like eighteen the first night, and then seven the next night. Like Don't that's kind of. Well, no, you don't. And that's what we're talking about with, you know, people get upset when Harrison Barnes doesn't score. Yeah. Like Herb 
doesn't have that 22 point game in him or the 32 point game that Harrison Barnes has hiding in, in his back pocket. He's not the same type of like long athletic, uh, you know, defender, multi-positional guy. Uh, well, as far as a like crazy multi-positional defender, I mean, Herb Jones, uh, defended De'Aaron Fox for times during this game. Um, but yeah, I, I like all those guys. And actually, to be honest, I, I really like what new Orleans done. Like that, I think they've done a really good job of, of building that team. I, I like Dyson Daniels. I think he's going to develop and, and be a really solid player. Um, you know, I, I don't know how long Valanchunas is going to keep playing. Uh, but you know, he's a guy who, you know, you, you even have to like him, especially with how, uh, how often Zion Williamson misses games. Um, they got a lot of talent. They just have a lot of injury issues. You know, they just got Alvarado back and I thought he was good. Um, He's frustrating because it's like, why are people not that he really shines a light on a team that's not communicating well as far as Alvarado. Like if you're not Alvarado. communicating well, he's going to steal the ball from you all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's he's a disruptor. He's got a little and I mean, this is a compliment. There's going to be people that think I mean negatively. He's got a little Dylan Brooks in him and I, I, I like it. You know, I like yeah. it. I think every team needs one like that. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, OK, what else do we got for questions? Uh, Russell Hunt, should the Kings make a move? Um, I think you keep everyone and figure it out. Just would hate to give up a lot. Uh, I'm not laughing at you, Russell, but I just, I'm reminded of the question that James threw out to end the last podcast, which was, should the Kings make a move? And it's just like, throws it out there, has nothing like tangible, nothing like, should they trade this person? Should they acquire this person? Should they do that? It's just, the the should they make a move it's like well no that was the business of basketball i'm trying to think there was. was some reason i asked that question because of the probably the uh zach levine rumors and i think it got into oh uh, yeah, Alex yeah, 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 yeah talk as well and again i mean look you're not really going to see any moves any substantial move i guess i'll say before christmas um that's not typically how things work yeah. So yeah, you, every team's waiting to get like 20, 25 games into the season to see entirely have a true sample size of, of really what they need. Now, if something happens to be, you know, land, there are anomalies to that and you can find some, some evidence sometimes where moves are made, but um, by and large, most, most teams are going to wait until they get through Christmas to see what their teams look like. So I would say, no, I don't think this team needs to make a move. Uh, and I hear you, Russell, I think at the part where you're talking about where there's, you know, hate to give up a lot for something. I know people really like this team as is. Uh, and, you know, they finished third in the West last year. They're, you know, primed pretty well to have a nice run this year as well. So, but I think this team does need upgrades at positions and they have the ability to do it. So I think they'll be very, very aggressive. They're going to attach their names to everything and, doesn't mean that there's a move that gets made, but ultimately if a move does not get made, uh, it's not going to be for lack of trying. I would agree with everything Sean said. Um, I think Thanks, that, man. you know, again, when you look at the, the way that they're built right now, there is potential. They, they have movable pieces. They have players who are under contract players whose contracts are right around 11, 12, 13% of the salary cap. Those are good contracts to have because they're easily moved. Plus if you stack one or two of them together, um, all of a sudden you get to a much larger number. So you could take on a bigger piece. Uh, I think that there are teams that are, are looking to like kind of find their way. Um, I, and you know, the Kings are in a position where 
I think that they are a contender in the Western Conference, um, but for like a for a home court advantage first round. I think that they can get to the second round, but I'm not sure that they can get to the Western Conference Finals, and I'm not sure that they can get to the finals, and I and I'm not sure if they got to the finals if they could win the finals. They could prove me wrong every step of the way. I think they still need that one more higher end piece that everyone knows has been like, there's been a question mark about whether you can find a better version of this or that. So um, always keep an eye on Toronto. uh, is what I talk about all the time. And Sean and I debate, I think this would probably be a better debate, Sean. If you had your choice, who would you take OG Ananobi or would you take Pascal Siakam? Well, yeah, at this point, I mean, talent for talent, yes, I'd want Pascal Siakam, but he's an unrestricted free agent. So uh, you're always trying to talk about what your future looks like. And what both of them are. I mean, to a degree. Yeah, I mean, yeah, OG can opt out. Right. And and I think um, because of that, you know, there are things you're willing to move, there are pieces that you're willing to give up to make a swing like that. But. I think talent for talent to me, it's Pascal Siakam, but with knowing that one can opt out and you can likely have a nice little uh, payday due for somebody. Uh, I think OG Ananobi addresses a lot of needs that this Kings team has, uh, particularly on the defensive end. So um, it's a nice problem to have, like whichever one you I'd I'd tell him was like, Hey, whichever one you don't want, we'll take you know, in, in Sacramento, that's kind of the philosophy. I think the front office should have, because I think either one of them would help them immensely. I totally agree. Again, that either one of them are great. I I've always leaned more towards OG Ananobi because he's a little bit younger. Sure. But I also think that Pascal Siakam, his passing ability, uh, the second that you you would always be able to run the same offense uh, regardless. You know, you can uh, whether Sabonis is on the floor or not. And if you had a stretch where Sabonis was out he would step into Sabonis role. And while I don't think he's as good a passer as Sabonis, I still think you could run your offense and he would actually be really good. So I, I do think that, uh, that he would work. Um, but again, um, I don't, I, I heard something the other day that uh, according to someone who is around the team up in Toronto, that he was willing to sign like an extension, um, like a, like with the max, but not sure. a super max or not push for more. And they turned that down. And so there's a lot of people who think that he will leave an unrestricted as an unrestricted free agent in the summer. I would say the same thing about uh, OG Ananobi. OG has a like $19.6 million player option. I, there's no way he's playing for 19.6 next year. He's going to play for a lot more than that. Yeah. Um, so if you could get your hands on them, then you have the ability to sign them using Larry Bird rights, where if the Kings go into free agency, they won't be able to sign either one of those guys. There's no way they can do it. A true oh, sign dude. and trade doesn't happen anymore. And, and then right. Well, yeah, you're, it, it, but even right around the time of um, the trade deadline, right? Yeah. Um, not talking about sign and trades, but, but it'll be interesting to see if there are teams out there that are needing that quote unquote, save your season type of move or, how desperate is a team to uh, really flip the switch and go after, you know, try to make this big, big push, almost like a baseball trade deadline, if you will. Um, yeah. Because last year the Kings showed really great restraint, right? The big picture of things was, you know, you're kind of playing with the house money, so to speak, and 
you did really well and you didn't have to really sacrifice much, uh, get into the playoffs, see where the chips fall where they may. Will that philosophy be the same thing, same philosophy this year if you're showing a similar record going into the trade deadline? Um, I think they might be a little bit more aggressive this time. Yeah, uh, I think either way, I, I mean, it's it's um, a difficult thing to do to go into it, to make a big trade. Like, it's not easy. And most of these players that we're talking about, I think OG is a one exception, whereas his contract is actually reasonable. It's almost identical to what Sabonis' contract was uh, when he was traded to the Kings. Um, but that's that's what you're kind of looking for. You, these, these trades are really hard to pull off for like all the Zach Levine talk. Zach Levine is owed so much money that it's almost impossible to see him traded. Like for a team to make a trade for him mid season is going to cost you like four players. And it, that's just like nearly impossible unless you had somebody else that was like him that you wanted to swap him out for. Um, so again, I, I'm not saying like Zach Levine, I wouldn't touch Zach Levine with a 10 foot pole. I just don't think he, he gets you the wins and stuff that you want. Um, Sean, do we have what kind of contest you we want to do to give away a a a, f, a free year membership to the Kings Uh You put me on the spot there. I, I'm not so sure. How about um, do we make it Kings related? Do you want to do a trivia? Do you want to do? Let's see. Do you want to do it pop culture? I'm I'm kind of game for anything really. What was uh, the best question we had? Did was there a, a? I mean, shoot, all these people are they? They're all pretty much subscribed, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, these are people who are subscribed to the channel, but not that aren't premium oh, gotcha. subscribers. Gotcha. So, gotcha. Um, I don't know. Uh, turkey is it's mid. We can just stuffer, give it to right? somebody there. Uh, <laughs> if someone sucks. says turkey is mid, that's the worst take ever. How dare you all? <laughs> I love turkey. Uh, let's see. Oh, <laughs> movie trivia. <laughs> that's what we should do with uh, Brendan not here. What do you say? Brandon not here. Uh, I like it. Um, I just saw, by the way, the holdovers uh, the other night and uh, really loved it. So, what was the holdovers? Holdovers is the new Alexander Payne, Paul Giamatti movie. How about that? If you can name, and I mean, you have Google right in front of you, so that's not really fair, but uh, how about if someone can come up with the first Giamatti Alexander Payne link up? What movie that was? Oh, okay. That'd be kind of. Okay, that's our trivia. You want to do that? Tonight. You want to do it? Okay. Yeah, because we'll do I don't know the answer to this. You oh, sure you do. Sure I, I you think do. I do, but that's okay. Someone uh, put it out there it here in two seconds. So, uh, but fantastic movie if you haven't seen it. Uh, it's it's. I think some people might. You know, it's not like an action movie, but it's a. It's funny. It's dramatic. It's uh, uh, it's really really good. And if you liked the first Alexander Payne team up with uh, Paul Giamatti, you'll definitely like this one. Okay. That's what I'd say. Yeah. It's okay. not when Paul Giamatti turns blue. And yes, Adam <laughs> Fox just nailed it with sideways. Ah. Adam, Fox, Adam Fox gets it. Adam Fox. How, how about that? The guy who works at Fox 40, Adam Fox wins, and he's listening to a King's Beat podcast where I'm assuming he really likes De'Aaron Fox. He Probably works at Fox, Fox 40? That might violate. No, I'm saying me. I work at Fox oh. 40. Just a lot of Fox, Fox, Fox. Oh, got stuff. it, got it. Adam Fox. Hey, Adam Fox, uh, send me an email. Uh, James Ham NBA at gmail.com. Um, and I will like, I'm sure someone could create a fake Adam Fox, uh, email hey, and send me. me an email between now and then, but, uh, send me an email really quick and, and I will give you a 
free one-year subscription to the King's Beat uh, uh, premium subscription courtesy of the great Pete Youngman, right? That's incredible. I did did love uh, Sideways, and I, I did come up with that in my head. While, while we were waiting for uh, for people to answer, um, and if you sweet. haven't seen Election, that's one of that's an early Alexander Payne movie. Fantastic, oh. Matthew Broderick, Reese Witherspoon. Go check that. Okay, out. all right, yeah, uh, all kinds of good stuff. All right, um, do we have any final thoughts? Let's let's wrap this thing up tonight. Um, sorry, we we would uh, we would keep you guys going for a while longer, but Sean's got somewhere to be. Um, oh, I don't, do you have any months. final thoughts, Sean? I'm really looking forward to Thanksgiving, even only because I think the 49ers uh, are going to give me a lot to um, a lot on my plate tomorrow, pun intended. Um, mm. Seeing them up in Seattle, seeing them kind of back into form after a couple games. Um, I'm a believer, man. I, I I really believe in that team. I think the people freaking out after the you know the, the three three game losing streak was uh, a little premature. Certainly, there were moments that didn't look like themselves, but. How about a perfect passer rating from from Brock Purdy? He's so good, man. I just seriously. Like I've been saying it all season long, and you know, I predicted at the beginning of the season he was gonna be like forty three hundred yards and and thirty touchdowns. And he's literally on pace for forty five hundred yards and thirty touchdowns. Like he's he's on pace to be elite. And that's that's good to see. Um yeah, I'm excited. I, I love watching football all day on on Thanksgiving. Um, I try to ignore all the noise around me, which there's a lot because I have a big family and I just like to hone in and watch the game. We have rules like I have to watch the game on mute. Um, what? Yeah, during dinner time. Like once oh, the acceptable. meal is on the okay. table, then we have to turn the volume down. And then I do it at my my in-laws house. They're like, why are you turning the volume down? I'm like, well, I thought that that was a rule. It's like, no, that's just a rule at my my other Thanksgiving. Um, okay, let's see. What else do we got? Uh, we're going to have a podcast later in the week. Hopefully we will find Brendan. Where's Brendan? And we'll plug him in here to the the podcast. We were gonna do one on Sunday night uh, after the game, just me and Brendan, because Sean had something because Sean was at the 49ers game. Uh, but I got sick and couldn't do it. Um, mm. So that was I started to fade very very quickly and was like, "There's no way." Uh, it seems like during late at night I start coughing everywhere. Um, I've got a lot of uh, high school football section championships coming up Friday, Saturday. So, oh, it'll be yeah, some good good matchups out there. If okay, uh, if you're into that sort of thing. So, uh, last question for you, Sean. What's your favorite yep. uh, side dish? Macaroni and cheese. Come on, Thanksgiving. Absolutely. Well, yes, absolutely. But I will say uh, because uh, I my I have an aunt who is Korean and she makes incredible wontons. So we've got. Um, wontons typically present at every usually it's like an appetizer though so those, that's okay. that's if that's not there i'm usually very pissed off <laughs> very sour all right my mom makes kolaches i'm czechoslovakian she makes uh it's a uh czechoslovakian danish uh she makes those in the morning that's okay. usually my favorite thing uh and then the charcuterie board and then i like dark meat uh when it comes to turkey i don't know i, I, I like all like, i like all the meat like like you'll you'll hunt and you'll kind of pick around a little bit on the on the tray there if you're if you're carving up your turkey but there are certain parts i won't touch i do like the leg so i could say i could do a mix of white and dark meat but i'm always looking for the piece that doesn't look very dry so you oh. gotta have really good turkey okay well that's that's where the dark meat comes in uh i also like we also have a little uh ham 
there as well, which I like. You do the glaze, like that that sugary glaze that must. Oh yeah, glaze, I think whatever. my cousin goes to the honey bake store and gets a cool. ham. So, um, okay, uh, I think that's going to do it for this edition of the Kingsby Podcast. Uh, make sure that if you're still here listening to us, give us a thumbs up, uh, give us a rating review wherever you watch. Uh, jump on board with Prize Picks if you if so. Uh, if you are so inclined, it's really fun and it adds a new element to your game watching. Um, jump on board with the King's Beat. Go to thekingsbeat.com, become a premium subscriber. We will give away another one of our uh, year-long memberships um, next podcast, courtesy of the great Pete Youngman. Uh, so watch for that. Uh, we'll probably try to do another live show, maybe. That would be cool. So then that way we can kind of do the same thing, except for we'll have to involve Brendan. We can't just be a jerk and uh, do a uh, something cool that Brendan doesn't understand at all. So anyway, uh, thanks for tuning in to the Kings Beat podcast. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. It's been great seeing everyone uh, in the chat. And uh, Sean and I will be back later this week, hopefully with Brendan. So for Box 40, Sean Cunningham. I am James Hammy, Kings Insider for ESPN 1320 and the Kings Beat. We'll see you very soon. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.